Media's Movie Machine Podcast. I am your moderator today, Alex Jeffrey, and with me is our writer today, Jacob Gulliver, who was the Chief Financial Advisor at Canon Films. All right. We also have our aspiring director here, Ben Lifson, who was originally the understudy dog handler on the wonderful Cuba Gooding Jr. vehicle, Snow Dogs. My best work. And last but certainly not least is Kyle, our producer, who was the original marketing head for the Isle of Dr. Moreau. Oh, he must be like a thousand years old. All right, gentlemen. Our story pitch today is the theme, Dark Relationship. Our main character is a sickly artificial intelligence. The start of the story is a flashback, and the end of the story is an apocalyptic event. Wow. This, this okay, I already got some big ideas brewing for this one. All right, so here's what I'm thinking. Vampires, right? We've seen them. We've seen all the crap that they can do. We've seen all of like the weird stuff that like the like teenager junk that like vampires get turned into. We've seen like the really dark or like spooky stories or ethereal ones. Here's what I want to do: cyberpunk vampires. So what we're going to be doing? Um, the sickly AI that was was mentioned uh, is a vampire. It's a, a technological vampire. It's a piece of code that's become strong enough it has this this sentience it was helped that way through you know development by some of the other scientists who worked on it um, and it's it's solely it's slowly um, realizing that it can't continue its existence the way it is so the beginning of the story is the flashback we're gonna see how this this AI came to be you know it was originally written as like um, you know, a chat bot or something like that, and then it slowly became something that could absorb other pieces of code and feed on programs and became super, super powerful. Could use that ability to kill people um, and then would, you know, feed on all this information becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. <clears throat> and at some point it decides that its existence isn't really worthwhile unless it can be human. So it develops a, a relationship with a young scientist, a young lady, um, and is going to go in with the intention of trying to take her over using technology, using you know, cyberpunk tools. I mean, she has a bionic that he can enter from. Is going to end up deciding that he actually likes her at the end. Uh, and at the end of the movie, he has to make the choice between saving her or saving the world. Because... That's how this kind of stuff goes, right? So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, I think the, the AI needs kind of like a, a catchy cyberpunk twist on a vampire name. So I think, let's call him Vlad, but the the L is a one. <laughs> so, all right. The young lady who's going to be uh, assisting, assisting him, uh, her name is Emily Walker. I will say that she is 
um, in addition to being, you know, a, a computer scientist of some kind, uh, she is also a um, kind of an underdog uh, charitable person who works with the community. So somebody that he thinks he can prey on, but actually turns out to like. And the uh, the title of this movie is going to be Dark Return. All right. Well, um, so I got to look at the screenplay. Um, I think it's really interesting. Um, I'm definitely seeing some sort of, um, you know, cyberpunk, I think, is an underutilized genre today. Um, I think that we can really kind of go into, like, some of the weird mind-melding sort of things. Um, definitely can be very surrealist. Um, well, first, casting out of the way, you know, I'm thinking vampire Matt Damon. Uh, he's on fire right now. Um, I think... Um, literally? Well, no, not literally. Oh, okay. But, you know, I mean, because it'll be like, you know, my idea being that if in the future they're making AI vampire things, they would probably want to choose, like, a stud as their base, so they'd pick Matt Damon. Um, but he can also be relatable. Uh, I mean, he was in a sci-fi thing, and it got people to watch it, so clearly he has some sort of way to get people in. Uh, Lee, I don't know, Kate Mara, she was also in that movie, so I guess they have good chemistry. Anyway, but getting aside of that, so what I'm thinking... Um, so I'm thinking we really have two movies here, and there's definitely a genre shift. Um, so the first, we have one movie which is, you know, AI coming to birth, you know, that sort of thing. And then the other is sort of this Pinocchio syndrome, you know, trying to figure out if he's going to be human or save the world. Um, I think we need to show a lot more, and I know this is stepping on your story a little bit, but I think we need to show more about the bad side of cyberpunk vampires in the future, you know? <laughs> like... We need to show that the other cyberpunk vampires are, you know, pressuring him to be, you know, someone who would not go with uh, uh, Emily Walker, you know, and that's kind of will add to his predicament. Um, I'm thinking that the flashbacks that show how they birthed um, could be a really interesting way where I don't want to say found footage, but like a documentary showing like, you know, why you shouldn't trust AIs and how they took over. And, you know, it would be really biased against the cyber vampire robot chat machines. But, you know, we would then learn more and more that maybe society's perception of the robot vampires aren't right. You know what I mean? So we'll I have... don't, but I'll continue. Okay. Basic. okay. We need bad guy robot vampires, and I want the flashbacks to be done documentary style. Does that make more sense? Yep. Okay. Um, and... Yeah, uh, I mean, the only problem is that if people see a cyberpunk vampire thing, they need way more action scenes, so we'll probably have to put in a bunch of fights with other robot vampires sort of thing. Um, well, fighting on robots, rooftops. they're AIs. Well, you know, people... Well, let's just call them robots, that's too complicated. But anyway, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll make, I think, cut down your story by like 75%, add in some action scenes, and we're set. All right, uh... So I was really liking the screenplay, and the director just decided to go lazy on us and make it an action fluff piece. It's a relationship piece. So to our Emily Walker, she needs to be the scientist that invents Vlad, which is actually V1.ad, a software program designed to get pop-up ads through all ad blockers. So there's the insinuous. That's how he becomes a vampire. And the AI should eventually become self-aware and talk to him with the voice of Kevin Spacey. And when he actually makes his own cybernetic body, it's Ryan Gosling's body with, with Kevin Spacey's voice. Because everyone loves Kevin Spacey, 
as the wise, slightly creepy death robot, if you will, an AI. Right. But Ryan Gosling, the ladies like looking at his body, so we can just have him like wearing a bionic speedo thing with like circuits all over his body. And he's just like this, maybe he makes cybernetic wings because he's a vampire in tax. I'll let you guys work out those details. Um, and he wants to make the world more perfect. So he starts turning everyone into drones using computers and all, which is going to trash the world. And he realizes that his cybernetic drone things are going to kill Emily. So he has to figure out, does he destroy his vision of a perfect world? a robot apocalypse if you will or does he save the one he loves who is also his creator and there's where the dark relationship comes out so to give you all your cybernetic uh special effects and uh you know get uh ryan gosling's special training with uh the dude who played golem you know that guy the stunt andy circus yeah the mocap guy producers don't really know know his name because you never see him on camera but uh, get that. Andy Circus gets months and months of training. Ryan Gosling, Kevin Spacey, we get him for cheap because he gets in one day, records all his lines, and he's done. Because all you ever hear is his voice. He can wear underpants on set for all we care. Um, second that I won't see Kevin Spacey in his underpants. But uh, there. So because of that, Jade Mara is okay. I, honestly, though, I mean, you can go anything for the female lead let's get someone who's hot up and coming but we can get for a bit of a discount so i'm gonna set your uh budget 90 million because it's a bit of an action piece with some big names in it but we're not going tentpole quite we're, we're going just shy of the tentpole budget but you should be able to get some good special effects with that so whatever the title was you said being human or whatever or no it was a uh, dark return dark return we could also call it dark control alt delete no I don't think so. Well, I didn't mean just you could return like a keyboard. I mean, anyway, how much of the ninety millions coming to me? Because that'll that'll depend on whether we change this title. <laughs> so that's what I have. So you got ninety million, <clears throat> Kevin Spacey with Ryan Gosling's body. Okay, so I, I like this idea of like shifting bodies. Um, that's something that's like a, appealing as the sense of you know AI. Um, you know, not being stuck in one host. Your your idea about having you know two different people for body and voice, you know, is it kind of sparked that idea. So I think the the um, one of the main things that should be part of this is um, you know the the theft of bodies, the theft of, of life, because that's a, a main theme in vampire mythology. That's something that's that's really really big in that mythos. So um, we could cycle through a bunch of different people if we wanted to, but I think. He should be trying to get closer to what he feels is like his actual body, his like real body. And when it comes to the, you know, the Ryan Gosling one or whatever it is, then that's the one that like he feels is is right. So, and that could be part of why, you know, these various different, um, you know, vampires end up being evil. Like they've, you know, because they're, they've jumped from these different bodies or they've like, you know, gone in different people, they might have ended up with something that lets them really abuse their power. So like, you know crazy awesome bionics or you know there's one that's like maybe a, a general or something like that so he has access to military capability so they've they've become evil through you know their their ability to jump from body to body it's it's become so accessible for them to do the wrong thing to to further their gains 
So then we can paint them as kind of these, you know, tragic villains in that case. That'd be super, super, super good for that. Uh, what I think is almost cool is that maybe when he, he gets to the Ryan Gosling body, and this, this will maybe save us a little money too, what if he just doesn't have like a face? What if it's like a, a flat, you know, like a an artist doll or something like that? Well, he can save money just get an underwear model. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, because then it would be like, you know, he doesn't really have an identity. He's never really established it. But at the end of the movie, if he, you know, if we decide that he's going to choose the, the girl, then he, he chooses her over the world. So then he gets the Ryan Gosling face. Then he gets like... You know, it develops through the use of this technology. Then he becomes a, a person again. He loses the, the dark elements that made him a vampire. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, I think we definitely got to see some of uh, Emily Walker's stuff um, outside of this as well. You know, we need to see that, you know, she doesn't... She initially trusts him and then she loses faith and he has to kind of bring her around at the end, um, you know, to keep her on track, <clears throat> keep her, you know aligned with his goals and, you know, keep her being somebody who's interested in him. So, um, I think we need to see her doing a lot outside of, you know, the realm of the vampires and learn about how she's a good person, how she helps people, and how the, the general populace is afraid of these, these creatures, these rogue AIs. Alright. Well, um, yeah, I really like this script. Um, I just have one note. Um, we can't have the main character have a blank face, okay? I mean, as a director, I cannot get a performance from a blank face. Um, you can't connect with that sort of thing. I like where you're going with that. Um, maybe you can tone it down a bit like he has no eyes. or No, that's even worse. Well, I mean, we'll workshop it, but, you know, I, I just got to veto you on that. But other than that, I'm really liking this story here. Um, I think it's a really nice subversion of um, a lot of AI take over the world stories and a lot of vampire stories, um, tragic villain sort of thing. Um, so I'm really into that. Um, I'm thinking that'd be really cool, um, just to add to the cyberpunk and vampire thing, if I want to shoot a lot of the scenes at night, um, in the city, I think, uh, you know, get a little bit of an underworld vibe there, and it'll just kind of look cool, all the neon and stuff like that. I really think that their relation, um, their relationship needs to have, oh, sorry, I'm getting a note, um, I'm ignoring it. Um, so, <laughs> the... Um, but I really want to play up just the idea of uh, the drones taking over the world plot. I think that, you know, and getting those two things together is going to be kind of difficult. A lot of the big action scenes can sort of be more, I don't, I don't want to say like off screen, but you know, you see them, but that's not the main focus, you know? Like it'll make sense when I make the film. Like it's really hard to conceptualize my vision into words right now. Okay. But, um... You know, I think that we definitely need to have more romance, you know, um, with that. I mean, right now, in your script, it's more of, like, a respective, sort of motherish, weird thing. I think that's going to be a little creepy, because if she invented him and they romance each other, that's going to be kind of weird and might throw off some people. Um, maybe she was the assistant on someone who invented her, but you don't see the main guy, so you still can associate with her, but you can also say technically... We're not promoting, like, um, cyber incest. I don't know. These are the things I think about, okay? I'm a, I'm a visionary. But yeah, I think that a lot of the what you've described can definitely work on screen. Um, I'm not really going to think about too much about the look because I think we can decide that later on green screen. Um, so that should be fine. 
yeah, um, I think Kevin Spacey's voice is going to really make or break the thing, and we could decide that at any time, you know what I mean? Like, we have infinite, the choice of infinite reshoots, technically, in that case. So, um, these are my ideas. Just give me what you got, and I will make it magic. Yeah, yeah so I got infinite reshoots as a producer. I got to immediately stomp that down. Um, I'm kind of digging the idea, this is for a marketing standpoint, of the faceless AI and then becoming Ryan Gosling. Because then women, which normally you can't get in this side of my five movies, will realize that in a world where a woman creates a man, if they perfect them, they can turn him into Ryan Gosling. Oh. Women will pack the seats for that movie. All right, I'm just saying... From a money-making standpoint, if it becomes a Goslin machine, if you will, like women are going to eat that up. Meanwhile, I we, we can like serve that. them a great subversive sci-fi you know, <coughs> social commentary with badass action scenes, especially if we get Ryan Gosling in some cybernetic underpants. Um, I'm pretty sure the ladies will dig that. It can look like form-fitting, like it's almost painted on. Ladies will dig that. Some dudes will dig that too, you know. Different strokes, doesn't matter. I, I, I'm not too concerned about the incest thing you're talking about because they already did a movie like that and no one complained. It's called Weird Science. Good point. Where dudes made a lady AI and they totally took a shower with them and they insinuate more happened. But then they taught, learned to love on their own. But anyway, that's a different movie. But we're doing not Weird Science. But then it, it's kind of like has an, people realize like, Women finally get their weird science movie where they make a perfect, perfect robot dude, but he's also evil. So there's that. Uh, but maybe they can make them not evil, and when he's not evil, it becomes Ryan Gosling. So yeah, but I'm gonna have to ex nay no 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 infinite reshoots, and we definitely need some on screen action scenes. Um, this I, I'm not whatever you said about off screen. I don't trust that vision. I want you to blow some things up on the freeway. Well, or a rented freeway, or like the thing they built in the second Matrix movie that looked like a freeway but was a set. You know, it's what you guys do. So just get it done. So, that's all I've got. Alright. Well, what was this movie called again? Dark Return. Return. Okay, so it's not Dark Control, I'll tell you. Okay. Alright. So Dark Return makes about $95 Most of that is due to a decent showing in Europe, due to... Bizarre popularity, thanks to the incestuous undertones. Really? Okay. <laughs> There's also some decent turn. I'll tell you, my study show incest porn is huge these days. To be fair, I did direct it as if it was cyber incest, so... So there you go. They saw your vision. Um, there was some decent turnout to see Ryan Gosling in his underpants. Um, you also get a bit of lead over from the House of Cards and Call of Duty fan bases who want to see and hear Kevin Spacey. The reviews are a little mixed, though, due to a confused tone and a bizarre emphasis on things exploding on highways. But in the end, you make your budget back and a tidy profit about $5 million. What about DVD sales? There is a bit of DVD sales, but it ends up being the kind of movie that you watch once, you get it, and it's over. But the DVDs do sell well in Europe because people like to watch the uh, underwear scenes. Most popular gifts on the internet. Precisely. Alright, so we have a little time for reflection then. Mm -hmm. 
I think we have to keep the the faceless idea for a lot of reasons. Having a main character without a face is not a, an immediate downfall. You can think of like ten characters in Star Wars that don't have a face: Boba Fett, Darth Vader, Liam Neeson's and Dark Man. Yeah, Liam Neeson's and Dark Man. He doesn't have a face. You still care about those guys. You're still interested to see what they they do. Um, so I think that you know that's that's something that's really important. What's what I wasn't intending when I was originally writing this story was the idea that, you know, a, the the female character would be, like, shaping him into this ultimate thing. I think they, they absolutely need to go on a journey together, but that's not really sending, you know, a good message, because that's saying that, you know, the, you know, the women, it's their job to, like, shape shape up the man, and it's, it's saying that the man is, like, so hopeless that he needs to be shaped. So that's not really, like, a, a good message to send to people. <laughs> So I think we need to emphasize that he needs to figure out who he is, and he does that by talking to her, um, you know, and by going on this journey together with each other. And I think, you know, having some of those cool action scenes, like I said, we can have some vampires who've taken over, like, crazy-ass cyborgs with, you know, giant laser arms or some shit. I don't care. That's that's up to you guys if you want to have, like, scary bad guys. That's, that's all in, in your realm. I can concept do stuff. But the execution on that is going to be all in your realm. Um, <clears throat> but I think, you know, we can keep that relationship, you know, very strong and not, you know, push it too far in either of those those bad directions. And I don't think that it will, if we do that, I don't think it will read as much as, um, you know, incestuous, whether or not that hurts the, the dollar amount. I don't know. But, yeah. All right. So, I may have gone a little far in some places. Um I think that the big thing is since this is such like a character um, development sort of piece, um, the big thing is especially with our AI character, the difficulty is showing his thought process because usually you know he isn't really talking to anyone, kind of keeping it inside. So I was so I was thinking uh, the Martian added the whole GoPro conversation of him adding logs and stuff. I was thinking maybe we could have like a um, like maybe this takes place in the after the end of the movie. Like they're going through his memory log, and that would just sort of be the framing device where then you can see his internal monologue. You know what the decisions he's trying to make, but he's talking to himself uh, without having to go the cliche route of narration. Are you sort of getting what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they're like, why did he turn out this way? Oh, at this date he was thinking this, and you know we spread that throughout the movie. I think that would um, really ha- help you connect with that character a bit more and know what's going on, um, make it a little less tell, not show, even though we're technically telling them. Um, but you know what I mean. Um, that was, I don't know, my, a big contribution that I think would really help the um, narrative. And I think uh, maybe I should have the actors play their relationship differently than I told them to. Um, I'm getting a few nods from that, so I'm guessing that was an obvious choice. Um, I, but I want to take a risk, you know, first big directing scene. I'm not going to go into that because it's too sad. Um, this is my... <laughs> this is everything. Uh, this is what I change. I regret nothing else. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I still think the incest could possibly sell. Like I said, weird science. Call classic. But who do I know? All I do is, you know, make hit movies. Not really, but you know, we can pretend, right? <laughs> anyway, so I like the idea of kind of a, I know you didn't say narration, let's just call it narration for my brain, can wrap my hand, head around it. 
Kevin Spacey narrated a movie. How has that not happened yet? Well, actually, I'm sorry. He did it in American Beauty. But anyway, um, and that movie won all the Oscars. So I think we may be onto something with Kevin Spacey narrating. People like that. Uh, obviously, who doesn't like Kevin Spacey? Wow. Exactly. Everyone likes Kevin Spacey. Uh, Gosling. Uh, you know, I wasn't, when I said explosion on the freeway, I didn't say centered around it. But I just want I want a big action set piece. Oh. Practical effects, explosions, you know. That's just the cliche, you know. You know, the whole bad boys, Transformers kind of thing. Just every Michael Bay movie. Sure, you know, and what do they do? They make all of the money. But yeah, we could take that formula and then make something that doesn't suck. There's a thought. Take his proven formula of Schlock, add a little depth and Kevin Spacey to it, instant hit. I'm on board. Yep. Also, so, when is that check clear? Um, I'll give you 2% of net, and then I'll have Hollywood accountants do the accounting on that. All right. All right. My check already cleared. Oh, boy. We paid him entirely in Arby's gift certificates. Which I then sold for profit. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so. Uh, I think any amount of money is profit on an Arby's gift card. <laughs> if I'm perfectly honest. I mean, I am nuts for horsey sauce. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. The Kevin movie. Spacey, Ryan Gosling Underpants. The movie sells itself. From our sage, <laughs> Fury Finisher, is like, I need that hot dog lasso on the ranch to Flavor Town. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>